the youth league is the is the first organization before even now there's a hype around to say that the run is one play time. there's no one now in the ANC who's charged of corruption is still in office the private sector is the most corrupt uh, in most cases uh, instead government is highly corrupted by the private sector uh, that's why we will never apologize for our views spread the fire spread the fire spread the fire Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX. And today I'm very excited to bring another big guest to this platform. We've got the president of the African National Congress Youth League, Colin Malachi. President, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for the invite. No, no, it's great. It's great to have you. And one thing I've always wondered about being president of the Youth League, before we get into many issues like RAND manipulation and uh, your agenda against corruption, What's it like to sit inside those top structures of the ANC, like the NEC and the NWC? It's it's a place where many young people don't ever get to actually see. You actually sit in those top structures, which affect so much of the politics of our country. Um, what have your experiences been, and and what have you learned from those those structures? Look, what I want to agree on is that uh, it's a it's a privilege uh, because uh, those are serious uh, corridors of power. Sure. You know, uh, being the youngest person sitting there, you know, is, uh, engaging on the future of the country and the challenges, the problems, but also being exposed to different generations. You know, uh, yeah. uh, in that uh, NC, you've got people from aliens uh, who are still in exile, they're still there. You have those of, uh, who were there post-democracy when the new government of unity was formulated that there. You have those that... Um, the newer generation of uh, who've just graduated, the generation of the Kikawas, the Mbalulas, but also the the is our generation that is the watch the new entrances now. Um, uh, I think in the last conference of this, you've put in a new generation of thirty six people. Mm. are new in the NEC, you know, yeah. it's a new generation to come. Yeah, it's just way younger sure. NEC uh, than before. Sure. You know, sure. but. Um, yeah, it's a privilege to get to, to interact, to directly engage with the president of the country, mm-hmm. of the youth, you know. Mm-hmm. And not everyone gets that opportunity, yeah, you know, to engage with the president of the youth. What's he like yeah. in those meetings? Look, uh, it's fine. Look, uh, we're almost like equal in those meetings. So, uh, yeah, because we're all national executive committee members. Just that his office were tightly. But uh, he, he does allow criticism, uh, he does allow fair engagement, and I uh, think... It's not meetings where you're scared to engage or, you know, everyone is allowed to raise their views, they only want them. That's the only platform where you can be yourself and, and raise all the issues that you want uh, internally and manage them. So I don't go outside, uh, at least some of the issues will be behind out. Yeah. And just take us inside those meetings and, and how they flow, how they function. You know, from the outside, no one knows exactly how they work. Of course, you can't share some of the deliberations that happen in there, but... What's it like to be in that room and and just some of the things that maybe you've seen that you can share with us that people maybe don't know about the NEC, for example? Look, one is that uh, the president is given an opportunity to give a political reflection of the country and the challenges that the country is facing and the problems. And he's engaged on it and people make inputs on different issues of the country, whether it's the issue of the Palestine issue, whether it's the issue of the economy, and the issues that we speak about, the, the rent issues, and the issue of the energy security, he speaks about all of those things. And the Secretary General um, uh, presents on the state of the organization, uh, uh, 
uh, how the organization must function, what are the challenges that are faced, how to strengthen our structures and the conference that are sitting, what is disputes, how we're managing them. Then now and again, we also call ministers uh, to come and report uh, on the service delivery issues uh, country. Uh, that is a platform where they come and be held accountable. It's a platform for that. Uh, it's a platform to show, to was the other advantage that we have is that the ages are really bad. Now uh, you, we tend to also hold government, because we deploy in government. Uh, yeah. Ministers are deployed by us. You know, uh, they must come and account, because the South Africans have given us a mandate. Uh, they voted for ANC to the majority party to govern the country on their behalf. Now we have the responsibility as an NEC to hold them accountable on behalf of South Africans, because it's to go back to South Africans and explain to them of the work that uh, has been done in government. If wrong that has been done in government, the ANC must be the first to communicate that and act on it. Ian, as we speak about ministers and holding them accountable, quite vocal on some ministers who you think haven't uh, lived up to their office. Um, you've spoken quite extensively on Minister Praveen Gordhan calling for him to resign, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, do you still hold that view, and, and why do you believe that that ministry in particular has underperformed? Look, that is an important ministry at this point. Uh, you know, it's an important driver of the economy. Uh, you, you have uh, ESCOM there, you have Transnet there, you, you have many other entities that have been struggling. You've got Dinel there, which was one of the most performing. You know, uh, now uh, anything that has to do with creating opportunities and driving the economy, it's, it's of interest. Because the majority of young people in South Africa are unemployed, and if you can't afford to have a you are told that uh, important uh, tools that might resolve those problems are collapsing. You know. Now, I think we've been having engagements with the yeah. satellites trying to push him to, to implement. Uh, uh, we're told that they don't like accounting, but he has been accounting to us. Mm. I think uh, they, they, I've only said that there's a, there's a new, there's the, the, the cat is back. Okay. For the longest time, the UK has not been there. People have just doing the way they want. But now that the UK is back, people account. Uh, mm. It's an account where you click uh, who you will account to, when we're of South Africans. And we, we have a responsibility to hold employees of the ANC accountable, they be on the youth of South Africa. That's our responsibility. Now, uh, that responsibility can't delegate anyone, even if it means what's being popular. They were really to be unpopular for that responsibility. Now, mm -hmm. it is not an attack on a minister when we criticize the criticism. When they are deployed, they know that they will be held accountable, not only by ordinary South Africans, but also by ourselves as the youth. Now, when a public well, it, you, you must criticize and you must allow that, you must respond because when you said you are available, you said you are available to serve South Africans, you, as much as you want to accept when they are doing great work, you must also accept when they are saying no, you are now underperforming. Yeah. Because it is important sometimes. And do, so, so since you made that call and I think you asked for an apology, that kind of thing, you've kind of basically been finding each other in, in different conversations about accountability, or are you still of the view that he actually, um, as a minister, should should go? Look, uh, we've met with the president. He has made a commitment that uh, he will uh, monitor all of those departments closely. Right. Uh, that's why we will never apologize for our views. Uh, yeah. Jean, no. We will never, no one will ever, there's no deployee of the ANC will ever ask the youth league or anybody to apologize for raising their views. The responsibility of deployees is that when there's a misunderstanding, we must clarify it. It's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is that when we feel that things are not done right, we speak out against those things. 
then those ministers were deployed because they have a better insight. They must be able to come and explain, oh, no, no, you are wrong here and here. Now we don't apologize for that. But the president has committed that we hold them accountable. We have agreed that we have a full obsession. And I think that full obsession will be able to give us guidance whether we believe that it must still go or there's an improvement. One of the other questions which you come out very strongly about, and we alluded to earlier, is this question of the manipulation of the RAND. There's often a lot of pressure brought to bear on public representatives, on ANC politicians who, who hold government power. But this RAND manipulation saga has really revealed the complicity of the private sector in some of the massive corruption that we see coming out of, of uh, the banking sector. Take us through your stance on the manipulation of the RAND and what you think needs to be done to hold the banks, local and international, here in South Africa accountable for for what has been unearthed. You know, just to take you back, uh, the Youth League is the, is the first organization before even now there's a high bar to say that the RAND is manipulated. And we're called to order, we're told that, no, I don't know what you're about, we're not going to respond to that. Now, today, the banks have agreed that we're right. Mm -hmm. uh, we said that many years ago that uh, there's a clear manipulation of the, of, 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 uh, of the rent, and uh, and we, we were told stories. But today, these banks are admitting some of them uh, that the, 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 the CC, the commission, has, uh, has, the competition commission has clarified and has, has done an affidavit around the matter. Look, the biggest problem in South Africa is that um, people believe that it's only the responsibility of government to be held accountable. And the private sector is the most corrupt uh, in most cases. Uh, is the government is highly corrupted by the private sector. Now, the biggest corruptor is the private sector. And it's improving over time. Uh, look, there's many issues I can speak about. The financial sector is the most monopolized sector in South Africa. And you've got five big banks sure. that have monopolized. And uh, the monopolization of banks, they've shown that these banks can even unite to collapse on the economy. Yeah. It's not a small thing. It's a, it's a criminal offense, you know. Uh, for example, in China, there was a, the property companies manipulated the property values there in China. You know what they did to them? They acted on them. There was not a smile. There was immediately acted. were arrested. You know, uh, people took responsibility. And part of the problems within South Africa is that we take long to hold people accountable. And I think what was correct as a generation. Sure. I don't want to blame anyone. I think as a generation who don't longer, what we're old now, you know, we're in our twenties, thirties, mm. we can no longer pass that responsibility to anyone else. You know, the, the it's our revolutionary responsibility, take responsibility of our own country. And uh, the reality is that uh, the rent issue uh, affected a lot of jobs. Uh, on top of the problems we're facing of high level of inequalities, the most affected by that manipulation is the middle class. Uh, that are the most affected because it's that man that was. Uh, uh, misused and manipulated. And those are the most affected. Those are the most indebted. And those are problems not dealing with. Now, it can't be a matter of just paying a fine and going home. No, no, no. We don't agree with that. We we say, yes, pay. Yes, you must still pay. Uh, at the right veil of the money of Nate, you must pay back the money to South Africans. Uh, when you are done with that, there must be criminal offense. Uh, criminal charges must be placed on those responsible. Uh, it can't be that when this government we see corruption, people must be arrested. Uh, we act, if it was ministers who did that, I can tell now today, the country will be on business. But because the private sector is a normal thing, people, no, no, it can't be like that. There's an extent to which even the media doesn't really focus on private sector corruption with the same energy that it does on, on government. 
you know, I've been saying that uh, since we released a statement about the rent manipulation, uh, media, meaning I've not seen it captured any media. Uh, only we called you, yeah. Yeah, only you guys called. All media houses were quiet. Now it, it tells you about the the level of capture. You know, people are speaking about only state capture. They, the the media is also captured by these big banks. If it was an NC competition, they'd be calling them to explain you. By now, you'll, you'll step aside. The ruling party will be saying, go home, the whole country, there'll be hashtags, corruption. But a biggest crime is in made. That is, look, not even government has made such a big crime. Uh, they've literally stolen from the poor, the poorest. And no one speaks about it. We spoke about, uh, and those are, and you know, the, what we're not raising also is that uh, these banks that are manipulating uh, the rent are also banks that are in a clear mission of regime uh, in South Africa. Uh, they fund the opposition. Uh, they fund uh, the, the, the anti-transformation agenda, you know. They fund the opposition parties that are telling you that they're, they're anti-affirmative action, the anti-triple PE, the anti-blacks. In simple terms, they're scared to say the anti-blacks, you know. Look at the police of Action SA, look at the police of the DA, literally the anti-blacks. I don't know why black people vote for them, even if they have, you know, but it's, uh, those are areas where these banks are funding. The opposition is quiet. I'm saying the biggest crime has been made in South Africa. Opposing parties are all quiet. No one is speaking about it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just saying what it, that is a great example to see the problems of Facebook in this country. Uh, I'm not saying the ANC is perfect. You know, we've got our own challenges. We've acknowledged them ourselves. We've, we've went and said, you know, we've acknowledged and we self-correct. We've put in the integrity commission. We've said those who are charged of corruption must step aside from the movement. As an old liberation movement, we're trying to bring in a new system, you know, of saying that now we're putting a political party and a liberation movement. Now, we can't be associated with wrongdoing. And uh, every day we're trying to do that. But we can't be quiet and say because the ANC, some of its employees have been caught wanting on corruption uh, and opposition parties have been on their knees. Now that capitalists, the funders of these opposition parties, steal from the poor billions and billions of rents, uh, no one worries. Uh, jobs are lost in this country. The economy is collapsed because of them. No one is worried. And now that we're only on this issue of, of big business uh, not assisting this country, I can give you an example. Um, a lot of companies... Uh, they're, explo they're exploiting a lot of young people. You'll find a job that is supposed to be done by 10 people is done by one person. Because their obsession is mainly to maximize profit. Sure. It's not about human life, it's not about... But they're also not assisting the government to resolve these problems. Because the role of government is to create an environment causes for them to operate. But even if you create that environment, uh, they're not making, they're not uh, assisting the government to resolve the problem. Part of the problems the government must resolve is the issues of poverty, inequality, and all of those issues. Now, if you're not, if you're not opening up the economy to majority of South Africans to participate, you are simply sabotaging the state. That's where we are. Sure, absolutely. And I think there's also a lot to be said about corporate South Africa's failure to, to transform. Um, but let's come on to the question of the ANC because. We've had a few guests on the, on the show, journalists, analysts, and there is a question about the extent to which the ANC over the last five years has got serious about corruption. I know you have said as the youth league you want to make this a, a top priority, but what do you say to those who feel that the party has talked a lot more strongly against corruption in the last five years, but actually when we come to the real action, the big leaders... The party is still tainted by corruption and it hasn't been able to eradicate the problem of corruption in its ranks. 
part of the first pronouncement you've made when we when I was elected as a president of the youth league is that the part of the responsibilities of the youth league is to be the ambassadors against corruption because corruption takes a lot from the little we have you know and I always make this example that uh, if you are given a project to build uh, 800 RTP houses and you build uh, 100 it means you've stolen from uh, 700 households now you're also reversing the gains of what government is trying to do to address the injustice of the past. Now uh, it's, it's an enemy of the revolution. You know, it's, it is not different from those who want to create the rent. You know, and must treat as such. Whether it's done by our members or our leader, must treat as such. And um, look, the, the, the reality is that the constitution of the of the ANC it is not above the constitution of the country. That is why. Now, if a person is not charged of corruption, that's what the NC before we were saying, no, if you are accused, step aside, then people took us to court and say, but no, uh, give me a right to, to clear my name. But so then we went further and said, even that is still harsh, we even went further and said, no, no, if you are charged of corruption, go and clear your name and come back. And we would not even say if you are guilty of corruption, we said if you are charged. Before we said if there's allegations, uh, then they said, no, it's too harsh because anyone can make an allegation against you. And we said, no, no, let's move it close. If you are charged of corruption, go and clear your name. We are the only organization that does that. There's no organization that does that. We negotiate this member that we know that the, the law of the country says that innocent has been proven guilty. But we're paying because we're trying to clean the image of the movement. We're saying that just step aside, clean your name. If you are not guilty, come back. You know, it's a negotiation you have with your own members because they can easily say, it means that my organization has found me guilty before the court of law. Now, but a lot of members of the ANC have been cooperating. You know, you engage with them, they step aside, they clean their names and they come back. But those who are still there, who most of them are still allegations. There's no one now in the ANC who's charged of corruption is in office. I can tell you now, there's no one in the ANC now who's charged of corruption who's in office. Those who are still there are those who are faced with allegations of then there are others who come you know because of their revolutionary morality who says no um there's this allegation against me let me step aside he's not charged anything let me step aside a bit in my name and come back i i know many have done that so no no uh, these allegations might tend the image officer before they even the cause charge me let me deal with the, with the merit and come back there are those who are even going forward on the state of um, the state capital commission yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, mention that because yeah. they are, it's not a charge for sure, but there are senior leaders who are still ministers who have been named very explicitly in the state capture report. I think of Minister Mandashe, um, Okonyane, um, um, the DSG being one uh, as well. So what about those members? Um, Zizi Kodwa is, is another actually. So where do you stand out on that? If, if the Chief Justice in his investigation, which, by the way, the NC government supported, said yeah. there was wrongdoing, but they're actually still holding high governmental office, is that not being soft on corruption? The, the NC set up its uh, integrity commission. All of these people that have mentioned they've appeared there, uh, including the president. Mm. Uh, they've appeared on that commission. Uh, to the, uh, I'm saying they've appeared on the commission. And um, uh, uh, the commission has developed a report. Uh, we're still waiting for it to be presented upon us. Instead, most of these people that have been mentioned, those have not been mentioned, they've been pushing that uh, state organs that are responsible 
must move fastly to investigate so that uh, if they are charged, they are charged and they clear their names. Because that's the only platform where they can clear their names uh, when they are charged on those corruption. Most of them have been pushing that thing. Because the, the, the integrity committee, uh, committee, the best it can do is to ask you questions, but it's not a law, it's not a law enforcement institution. Now, uh, most of them I know, they've been moving forward. Can, the sooner you move on this thing, the better. But you see, one thing about the, 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 those organs of the state sometimes, they take long because they want to be done on the investigation. Because we don't want to charge someone, uh, then later on you say, no, you are wrong. It's a waste of state resources, and you can be sued for that. You know, you need to be tar on what you are doing. And uh, I think let's wait for that process. Can I ask one more question on this, which is about Palapala, because um, the president obviously staked a, a lot of his credibility on the fight against corruption. Many people were infused by his, his very unambiguous condemnation of corruption. And then Palapala happened. And some say that dented his credibility um, and, and he can no longer be the kind of spokesperson that the nation needs on corruption when he has these clouds hanging over him. What's your view on, on Palapala? Look, uh, he has been cleared by uh, certain citizens of the states. Um, uh, if he was not cleared, we wouldn't be the first to call him out. And uh, I think we, we must protect his rights. Uh, he has subjected himself all to the integrity committee again. If there's one person who has been appearing to this integrity group, subject himself as the president, there, there's never been a time where he ran away uh, from all of these issues. And um, and, he, and he acknowledges that uh, there's a farm, the business, whatever, and on all of those issues. And uh, I think uh, let's wait for all the state uh, organs to move on it. But if he's found killed on it, we'll be the first to say that he must, he must step aside. Let's come to the election because we've got a, a massive election coming up in 2024. The talk is, will the ANC retain its majority or will it go below 50%? Um, we've seen recent polls which suggest that the ANC is currently polling below 50%, but then there was that new analysis done on an Ipsos poll which said, no, if you look at the turnout scenarios, you probably will be above 50%. What's the internal thinking within the party about what would be a good outcome for this election? And, and are you confident that the ANC can retain its majority going into 2024? Look, the ANC, the biggest mistake which we want to correct is that we, we must start telling our own story. You know, um, uh, the ANC has done a lot since uh, 1994. You know, uh, it's a lie that the ANC has done nothing. <laughs> you know, I'm saying leave the issues, there's the structure a lot. We've built townships where there are no townships. Uh, we've built towns where there are no towns. We've built schools where there are no schools. We've put water. Away. Is that part of the reasons? Also, apart from the issue of maladministration of ESCOM, mm. uh, we've electrified over ninety percent of households in South Africa. Where do we put electricity in the deepest rural areas where there was never electricity? And uh, because of the the maladministration and corruption, part of our gains get reversed. You know. The energy crisis we're faced with today on demand in most cases is because of the work we've done. But uh, because of the acknowledgement that there was corruption in the Midupi, there was corruption in Kuseli, our power stations took longer to pick up. Uh, people, clear economic sabotage of people who uh, deal with the generation part of, of the energy. And I'm, I'm just saying that the, the, the biggest problem that I've always reversed our gains was, has always been corruption in those institutions and uh, and mainly no i always mention this point that being a politician sometimes is difficult 
a lot of people who do this corruption don't even vote for the ANC. I'm just saying most of these administrators, senior managers there hmm. who put, who's, who, who are, you know, investigation have been saying that people have been collapsing uh, uh, power stations on papers so that they can go and supply things. Hmm. I'm just saying that corruption, if you got closer to it, you realize that mainly is done by people who don't even vote for the ANC, hmm. you know. Uh, currently, there's a clear sabotage that uh, the ESCOM issue must not pick up so that the ANC can go out of power because of the insecurity matter. Hmm. You know, it's visible. You know, everything that they try to do, you see, you resolve the issue of the generation part of the energy. You are told that the the the, 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 the other part of the maintenance of the, it has collapsed. You close on this matter. You are told that the cables have been stolen. Hmm. You know, everything you try to currently put in transformers, after they put transformers in Soweto, you told that there's an illegal connection. The trans now, there's a clear economic sabotage and all of the sabotage to take the ANC out of power. But... Uh, our biggest risk is uh, if one able to resolve the issue of the unemployment of the youth urgently and resolve the issue of the energy security, then we're in trouble. The issue of crime, the issue of illegal foreigners, uh, because that's a big issue. Uh, you might be scared. We'll speak about it. You know, uh, there's a white paper now uh, which uh, is out uh, on how it improves over the is a problem. You know, um, the, the monopolies. You know, um, we have a big uh, problem of uh, our township economy now. It's been monopolized. Uh, the, the normal shops that used to run in the past, run by families, hospital shops, are now in the hands of the foreigners. Uh, the ends of men, bronze men, money, that those are things that must zone out for South Africans. Because in anywhere in the world, when your country is under siege, you put your citizens first. You know, you put your South Africans first. And when we are done with resolving South African issues, you can start opening up for others, you know. But you can't say when you're in a crisis, you try to solve other countries' problems when you have a problem yourself in the country. Now, the problem we're faced with now in the country is that a lot of jobs are in the hands of illegal foreigners. And again, it's, it's, it's corporate. They want illegal foreigners because they can exploit them. Uh, they can do the work at a cheaper price than South Africans. Now, you see, the partnership that we need to have with the, the private sector is not, is not there. It's not visible because the obsession is still again maximization of profit. Now, all of our problems go back there. But if you can resolve those issues, and I think we're only to resolving them. But on the issue of the track record of the work I've done, it's visible, you know, on the work that I've done. Uh, uh, it's visible. Uh, the problem that we're faced with now, an agent bill that requires resources, is the issue of stormwater. And people don't, people don't speak about it, you know. Uh, we've built a lot of... Uh, people in the township is no longer stay in forums. They've expanded their houses. Uh, the infrastructure below can no longer carry that, you know. In a house where there used to be one bathroom, now there's four. You know, they're expanding businesses. The economy is moving towards the township economy. Then it means there's a new challenge that is coming in now. It's the issue of water, stormwater, which must attend to it. It still needs private partnership. Because those are the biggest beneficiaries. You know, if you are going to build a Toyota uh, in Soe to Tembisa, it means you use the, norm, the infrastructure you're utilizing is way above what it's been designed for. Because the apartheid system is designed that infrastructure for blacks not to be able to have access to all of those things. I guess, of course, if, if you do get over 50%, then the ANC continues to govern. No, we're going to get over 50%. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very possible. It's very possible. Um, but there's been this talk of, of backroom conversations between ANC politicians and DA politicians about a potential grand coalition. I wonder what you make of that. In fact, I saw the 
president of the Veterans League, um, Mr. Zigalala, in, in an interview um, a few months ago saying, you know, we should open open our minds to this. It's not, uh, we can't work with the EFF, uh, about which I'll also ask you later. We should we should maybe think about this DA partnership. Would you would you ever support something like that from the youth league perspective? I think it's the movement uh, were caught between a rock and a hard place uh, because ideological ideas way far sure. from the NC. There's no way we can meet and agree. For example, let me give a practical example. Mm. In the Kurlenin, there is a man's permit. Uh, the DA, when was in government there, their IDP was mainly servicing towns. Sure, sure. Because that's where their votes are from. They're key only, they're not compromising mm. on it. Mm. Uh, it differed the ANC in the case. Well, the ANC will still want to build parts in the township. We still want ways to be collected in the township. The DA will say, we are going to invest where they pay services more. Mm. Mm. You see, the Tina was saying, no, these ones have been disadvantaged. Mm. They, they still, even if uh, in town they pay more, but this, the, the, the resources must still utilize to service those with advantage sure. from the poorest. Now, ideologically, we differ there. The DA believes that no pay, no service. We are saying that, no, no, we acknowledge that is a problem. Then with the EFF, mm. the, the, the problem with the EFF is that uh, it moves left, indicate, it indicates left moves right. Now, there's no stability. Sure. Now, you, if you have been in government, you know that uh, you don't want to govern with the political party that tomorrow wakes up, says this, mm. then it goes back and says that mm. there's no coherence in government. Mm. Uh, so you're worried about that there might be an unpredictable partner? Yeah, you can't have a partner like that if you are really to provide. Everywhere where we've governed with the EFF now, municipalities are collapsing. I'm saying, look at the Grunlein financialists having problems everywhere. Because you can't operate in such an environment. Even those want to invest businesses there. Because the municipalities are businesses. Other people must understand. Now, if people don't bring revenue, don't invest there, it comes back. When there's no stability, they can't do that. You'd rather go where you know there's stability. That's why the youth league are bringing an argument that says um, everywhere, where there's a, where, whoever gets majority votes in that area must come in alone. Huh. So that takes full responsibility of the whole. Right, even if it's a minority Even government. if it's a minority government, but they must come in alone. Yeah. Yes, we can engage you and influence us on many other issues. Sure. As long as ideologically you're not far from mm. us, let's agree. So how would that work in, in Gauteng metros, for example? Would it be... How would it work in practice? Let me give you an example. Mm. Um, let me first explain what is a mayoral committee. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, a mayoral committee is a, a committee of a mayor. It, it derives powers from the mayor. Sure. Now, the mayor of the ANC will want to implement the manifesto of the ANC. Now, can you imagine you've got a mayoral committee of people of different manifestos? Now, where do they get their mandate from? Yeah. Now, I don't think the DA will agree to an ANC of the DA to implement because you must do what the mayor says. You are not independent from the mayor. Now, that's why, that's why I further say that we need, where you are alone, you must be given the whole For example, mm. Tuanet, the DA has got majority. Sure. So, so then. Give them the municipality to govern. Minority government. Yeah. Then you go and sure. mobilize support. Joburg, ANC. Yeah, Joburg is. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. You go and mobilize support to come back the next elections. Yeah. Don't disturb alliance because the obsession, the obsession here is to provide services for the people. Yeah. If the people of Tswane have said the ANC, we don't want you to govern us. You can't govern them, but you can't impose yourself. That's what, mm. the, that's mm. what the ANC fought for. 
Sure. You can't impose yourself on the people of South Africa. That's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Now, when they say the ANC, we are not giving you majority to govern, we are giving the DA. The DA must govern. We must hold the DA accountable. Mm. We must play an oversight role. What all they are doing now in areas where we are governing, play oversight role, hold them accountable. We can still play the role that we want to play from behind. Mm. Now, this obsession of wanting to lead from the back door, I don't know where it's from. That's a very strong view that we must move out of all this coalition. Huh. And uh, if they are not agreeing that we must, must govern that way, mm. then let's agree to hand this policy and go to by-elections. Huh. Because it means there's no political party that there is, that has been given majority to govern on its own. Mm. Now, if those ones to unite for the sake of having Pulai, the budget, I was like, the NC must go back mm. and say that we have not been given off of 1% to govern. We can't impose ourselves on the people of South Africa. Let's go back and regain their confidence. Maybe in the next elections, we'll have seen that we're bad. And they're seeing every day that the ANC is better than the EFM, but everywhere where they look at what is happening in Swan, you know, it's, it's that the print of not being able to pay salaries. And the TA covering the municipality, you know, uh, look at Hamas Kral, the water crisis. You go, I'm saying they're not servicing townships at all. The people are starting to realize that on their own. But hey, the ANC might have its own weaknesses, but they've been servicing us. These ones, they don't care. Now, maybe sometimes it must give people a chance because we've been, we've been here for 29 years. And uh, people, many people say they don't know a government outside the ANC. You know, maybe it's a blessing sometimes for them to see, but hey, looks like the ANC is more of a caring government than these ones who are here. And uh, can I take you back to the national picture? Because that's really what, what people are, are, are thinking about. Of course, there are these different arrangements at the local level. But if we are in a scenario where you have to choose a partner and you can't take one of the smaller parties, um, I see three three scenarios. One would be IFP. Maybe if, you know, that would be a clean, you know, just two-party coalition. So I could see why that would be appealing. You wouldn't have to balance a lot of different interests. But if that wasn't possible, then it, w it would basically either be some multi-party, small-party coalition or the DA or the EFF. And, and you were talking about how you're between a rock and a hard place. Would you consider either one of those two, or do you have a preference for, for one of those two? You know, at this current point, we're a majority in parliament, and we work very well with small parties. Uh, if you've been following parliament, the ANC is working very well with the smaller parties uh, because they, their demands are reasonable, and uh, in most cases, they agree with our posture. And, and I, I think it's a, if we continue that route, if it happens, hmm. that uh, we're below that amount, which I don't think it will happen, Sure. But uh, we're rather good small parties. Uh, mm. The the IFP, it's it's a much of a stable political organization, uh, to be honest. Uh, but uh, there are postures sometimes uh, they they posture more like the DA. Ah. You know, uh, you check the stance on uh, Palestine and Israel, and you check uh, the you know the IDA in an IFP scheme. Mm. Uh, it's like action essay. And uh, I, I don't know where, but in their constituencies, I don't think the constituents of the IFP really understands what the IFP represents because it doesn't really represent what they think it represents. You know, just that when they are angry with the ANC, they vote for the IFP. Uh, in most cases, especially in the KwaZulu-Natal, sure. hostels and Gauteng, because uh, the IFP has been governing KwaZulu-Natal for years, mm. so, uh, uh, under the Pandustan government. And, there are people who have grown up and understand, and they might say, hey, you know, we, the IFPS, it was working with the oppressor. 
but at least they've built us a university. Maybe sure. this is this, let's let's vote for them. Maybe they'll be better. Mm. But uh, it, it, in in real terms, uh, they are they, they always align with uh, thinking that is not progressive. But they are much more of a stable party. If they can just change their ideological posture, or maybe change their funders, maybe the problem is the funders. <laughs> uh, maybe they must start having funders that are progressive in approach. Maybe they'll because they're not vocal about their views in most cases. Mm. But you can see when they post about where do they lean towards, they lean towards what the funders want them to do, you know. Yeah. My thinking on the IFP thing, which, which I've been saying for a while, is is that I could see a deal where they f- they help you form a national government, and then you can give them some compromises in KZN, and that could stabilize the the arrangement. Yeah, they are, they are more of a a, a, a tribal party. Uh, which mainly wants to be regionalized. That's how they organize. Um, uh, and I, I think that's what they'll want. Because I, I don't think the IFP is obsessed about governing the country. Uh, if they can govern their own case at end, uh, they'll be very happy, you know, to, to deal with that. I'm sure when we are, when they think we're really desperate for that, that is what they'll put on the table. Even, even towards the, the first elections, if you remember, if you... Uh, I was not there, but when I go through history, sure. um, the IFP took long to be on the ballot. Yeah. Because there are negotiations that uh, can we keep our own case and then adopt this thing. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, part of the compromises that have been made uh, were a lot. Uh, that's why many people don't understand why in Guazunata there's so many kings, but that one is much more special than the others. Those are part of the compromises that have been made. They've always wanted to, to put that place aside for. Mm. Uh, the 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 Zulu speaking people, mm. you know, they uh, they wa- they want to build a nation in a nation, you know, uh, which we don't agree with, as they said, because we believe that we want to build one nation of all South Africans, because this nation that is designed of different people mainly was divided by a system called apartheid, and this objective was to separate and divide the whole of South Africa, so that they don't unite to fight against oppressive system. Now we can't present that legacy. What's your view of of the EFF and Julius Malema? Uh, there was a viral clip recently where you you criticized his tenure in the youth league as as building a kind of cult like following, and and you criticized the EFF for not having enough voices that can speak out critically within the party. Um, on the other hand, he is a former youth league president, and one would think that. When you hear the youth league's economic posture and you hear the EFF's economic posture, there's some overlap there. What's your view of of Julius Malema? Do you think that the ANC could work with the EFF moving on to that scenario? And um, how do you look at his his legacy as a politician, as a as someone who's occupied the same office that you hold now? Yeah, me and him have occupied two offices that are the same. Is a He's a former president of Corsas. I'm a former president of Corsas. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. He's a former uh, president of the Youth League. I'm the current president of the Youth League. Now, we're mainly from the... It's only three of us who went through that chain. It's uh, mm. President Louis Johnson, he's himself and myself. Hmm. Uh, it's a... Uh, we're from the same school of thought. You've both been, both been members of parliament as well. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, now, we're from the same school of thought. That's mm-hmm. why people don't understand. Will say, but why? Why is the youth league behaving like they must be like? I don't know. Felder must explain that. Sure, sure. Uh, with me and him, we're inspired by one person, the uh, uh, president Peter Mukaba. Mukaba, yeah. Uh, 
the radical school the radical, uh, trauma. All of those things, uh, that is cool that uh, mm. we understand. But also on the economical postures, uh, is a Euclid resolution for consumer in our lifetime. You know, it's, it's, you're not going out and create something new. Sure. It's something that was, but because at that time, when you say economic freedom became a taboo because uh, young people were scared to mention that because it was associated with uh, a defiance and fighting and division of the ANC, mm. he, he was able to live with that thing. But it doesn't mean that as a youth league, uh, we can't revive that. Uh, that's why we are saying that we want economic freedom now, not later. Sure. Uh, that's our conference resolutions. Mm. The police are the same, the issue. On, I'll make an example on the issue of land. Sure. Uh, we we internally pressurize the ANC in its conferences to resolve on the issue of the land mm. as mm. per the resolutions of the UK. That we're not going to pay for this land, for taking it for taking it for agricultural use, for human settlement, for many other issues to benefit the people of South Africa. Mm. Then we engage the, the EFF because the ANC no longer has the majority to that. So, you know, we're agreeing on these things. Uh, you, are, you are seeing your chatter, you are seeing your chatter. There's, there's no way we differ on the matter. Sure. Uh, then, uh, when we're supposed to move on it, mm. the, the, the EFF introduced a technicality that they don't, that is not their funding resolutions. If you can go back and check it. The, the EFF, when it was formed, to, if they're saying that they're using our canal pillars of the youth league to form the EFF, it says that the land shall belong to the people. As per the freedom chart, ne? for people's benefits, because our analysis in that conference was that the state do not always we don't, we don't assume that the state will always be progressive. Sure. For example, in, or capable in, for that matter. Yeah, capable. Yeah. That, for example, in the Western Cape, they don't believe in the issue of the land. Now, when we say that the state must, it means the people of the Western Cape will never get the land, if that's an example of what one for race. Now, then they came with technicality that no, the land must belong to the state. They now we're saying the land must, be, must go to the people. But when we say that, analyze it, we say that, but uh, this is selling out in simple terms. So these people found the technicality to move away from a radical move that they're saying the ANC are pushing for it. And I don't think the South Africans have been aware of that. That they literally sold out on that resolution because it is not their main post that the, the land shall belong. Now I'm saying, I'm thinking about things that we could agree on. Now, that's why when the beginning I said, there is no stability working with the EFF because you might think you're moving towards the same direction, then they turn on the way. Uh, why? Judas can change the resolution alone. There's no need. It's not like in the ANC where you need a conference to change the resolution. Judas can wake up in the morning, speak whatever, no one will question him in the EFF because he's a cult leader, as I've said before. He does not believe in consultation. When he feels today we are moving like everyone was moving left. That's why the, the, the I don't see any succession in the EFF at some point. Julius uh, is not even 50, something or 60. Now, if Floyd or anybody has an ambition of being the EFF lead, I, I don't know when they think it will be that because hey, Julius might be there and like Kaja will tell us. Uh, he will be there forever because where will he go? Uh, now, he's going to be a country left forever. And for him to continue to be that way is to lead an anti-democratic organization because a democratic organization, he will be contested. But if he's, he continues to be a country leader that he is, he might stay there forever and run his own cult organization and private there he wants to drive it. Now that is where we differ because uh, it's, it's not a, it's an organization that belongs to an individual. The ANC is an organization that belongs to the people of South Africa and its members. It goes to conference. You see now why in a meeting, uh, President Sarah or S. Jim Balula can wake up in the morning and, and communicate what the ANC has not told them to do. 
But in the EFF, they can do it. I can do it outside the NEC of the Youth League. Everything I speak is a resolution because we believe in collective leadership. That's what we believe in. Now, I felt that I was explained that so that there's no issues. He's running his own organization. He's born his puzzle shop. Uh, he's doing it the way he wants to do. Uh, you can't compare it to the ANC. Uh, he moves as the way he wants to move. We need to consult and engage, but also at the ruling part. You know, uh, what we say is policy, it must be implemented. It's easy for the opposition party to just criticize. Uh, where they're coming in, they're failing. They promised that when they take over municipalities, they'll do that and that. They got municipalities, they realize that there's a budget that works here. You know, because you check their manifesto, it's not realistic. It's, it's way above the fiscal of this. There's no government that gets. Now they're coming in, they're in charge of service delivery. Go to Eco Glade. They're in charge of all service delivery department in Eco Glade. Waste, health, they can't govern. They are realizing that you don't. Pronouncing and implementing are two different things. When you announce something in government, it must be implemented, it must match the budget. Now they're starting to wake up to realize that uh, the rhetoric does not work uh, anymore. Uh, you really need to notice that the clinics, are the, they say they'll open 24 hour clinics. Uh, the, then they realize that no, but you need more nurses uh, for 24 hour clinics. You, you need security, your boy, you need uh, people to work 24 hours. You know, but then they realize that the fiscals don't have that money for that. Now, I'm just saying, those are the things that are starting to realize. Sure. That they're not practical, they're raising. They say uh, there'll be no waste problems, or the waste collection is a problem. Where they come, the MC of waste is their person. Uh, finances, uh, they even made an announcement anyway, just to remind you that they'll make sure invoices of small businesses are paid in less than 30 days. Go and check the piling up on invoices in a good lane where they've got an MMC of finance. Because uh, they've realized that the things. What do you say? What do you are two different things. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and we we enjoy a, a wide range of views on this channel and, and allow our viewers to make up their mind. And it's it's interesting to hear your your perspectives on what the ANC has achieved and, and you know where opposition parties have actually failed to govern and and offer an alternative to, to the ANC. Uh we, we're running out of time. There's one issue I wanted to, to pick your brain on because it's in the news cycle right now. It's this liquidation issue. Um, is, is, is Nutuli House in the process of being liquidated? What's, what's going on with, we see sheriffs, I don't know if it's true or not, you see sheriffs' cars outside Nutuli House. Of course, there was the SCA judgment which, which said that the money that was owed to Ezulwini uh, Investments for, for making banners is due. Is the party worried about this, or do you think that the party will find a way of getting out of this financial crunch? The party has no problem of paying service providers. The problem there is that uh, a person who authorized the buying of those banners is not supposed to be doing it. Now, uh, let me give you an example. Um, uh, you run a company. In the company, there are people who sign upon service providers, who are education, all of those things. The argument of the ANC is that the signature of a person who signed there is not a person given to do that. Number two, those banners are speaking about the ANC has never used them. We don't know where they are. Now, there's an invoice sent by the ANC, but it, like, it means anyone can do crime in the name of the ANC. That's why the ANC said that then paying that amount will not take the mental constitutional court. So it's clarified this matter. It becomes law because that crime can be done to another company. You know, you might, you might say it's the ANC only. Tomorrow you wake up in the morning, your business, uh, a senior, a junior employee there, signs off for a, a requisition in your name and you can't even go to court and say it's not me now it's it's what we are doing is important for for the country 
we need to go as far as the constitutional court that is explained. Because the answer is that the person who's supposed to sign is this and this and this, as per our structure. This is how we approve issues. And it's been happening like that. How does a junior staff who is not given authority to sign that do that? Now, that's what we still don't understand even today. Why is the courts not seeing anything wrong with that? Because uh, uh, junior staffs are not public service providers. Now, that is where the issue is today. Is that people must, South Africans must understand that way. The issue is not the payment of the invoice. The issue is who procured the, the banners and all those things. It's not someone who's given the responsibility to do that. Have the, has the ANC used the banners? No. There is no way where the ANC has used all of those things. We don't even show if they exist. You know, you don't even know if those banners are. All you have is an invoice and the assignment and the appointment letter of a company. But you don't know if those banners exist or not. Now, that is our biggest worry. Look, we must agree that the ANC went through with financial problems for years. Sure, sure. Uh, the Party Funding Act is not making it easy also. Mm. For many political parties, not only the ANC. You know, it's only political parties that are funded by big business like the DA who have problems of finances. But not the ANC is a problem because the ANC is mainly supported by black business. And a lot of black business don't want to be known that they are social political parties. Sure. But a lot of big entities who are wise, who are... They don't have a problem of associating themselves with the TA because they've built institutions that are big. Now, these black small businesses are still growing who support the beliefs and the policies of the ANC because they still want to do businesses with these big entities. They don't want to be known that they fund the ANC. Now, it becomes problematic for the ANC to fundraise mm. uh, resources to operate. But it's easy for Action SA, it's easy for TA because they're funded by big companies who want to reverse PE, want to reverse affirmative action, want to say, all of us, we wake up today, what we call. There was never apartheid, there was never anything, no one was never oppressed. We're all born from rich families, let's all compete equally. Now, that is where the problem is, and the ANC, we can't afford that. Now, now there's a concentrated resources to reverse the gains of freedom. Will we be seeing you in, in cabinet, um, in, in a ministerial post after the election? What, what are your ambitions going forward as, as we close? Look, I've taken a political decision. Mm. I'm not a full-time official of the Youth League. I can go yeah. to cabinet. Yeah. But I've taken a political decision not to go back to parliament. Right. To focus on people. We took over the Youth League after eight to ten years. Sure. A structure. Sure. Now, it needs president to be in it. house working on day-to-day -day basis running around the country. You know, if, if a president of the Youth League goes to parliament tomorrow, mm. this voice will collapse, you know, because it means my attention will be divided sure. between accounting for government responsibilities and I know a lot of people have been living, no, go to government. Mm. I said, no, no. Mm. We would rather take the deputy president to go there. Sure. Uh, then I remain in, in the in the house. I've been to parliament. I'm finishing off my term. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going back there, you know, uh, because I have a responsibility to build strong structures of the youth league, bring back the youth league as a board of opinion in South Africa again. Colin Malaji, thank you very much for joining us on SMWX. Thank you very much. Aye.